0: there. Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Berks County's podcast series. I am your host, Beth Ireland. I am lucky enough to have with me again, Steve Smith from Awesome Dogs Dog Training. Hello, Steve.
1: Hi, Beth, and thank you for having me.
0: You betcha. So on our last podcast, we talked about if you're thinking about bringing a new dog into your family, um, some of the things that you want to look for for yourself and some of the things you want to look for for the other animals that are living with you. So today we want to talk about you have picked the perfect dog, you hope, you think, And now you're taking it home. And certainly you don't just want to walk in the front door and let it off the leash and go about your merry business. So, Steve, what um, hour one, we get home with our new dog. Actually, I believe
1: this concept should even begin before the dog gets home. I think it's really important if there are families of any kind that is more than one person, I think it's going to be important that people understand we're going to get a new dog. Who's going to take care of what? Mm -hmm. And many times people will say, well, you kids wanted the dog and it's going to be your job to take care of it. And I think that's unfair to put on some kids. Even though they do want the dog, I think the adults have to step up to the plate and realize we're bringing another living animal into our house. This is a a concept of family planning. And they need to maybe have some help and guidance in what we we're asking the children to do. If it's whether to feed them or take them out to eliminate, we can't expect kids to come up to that on every level. So understanding that it's coming and responsibilities is priority priority number one. Uh, when a dog does come home, I think it's important that people research the concept of where am I going to? Fe- how am I going to feed the dog? Where am I going to feed the dog? I have two other dogs in the house. Where is the dog going to sleep? Making sure that the the basics of that dog living with you has actually been considered. Um, Am I going to give the dog free reign to the house? And I'd highly say no. Although the other dogs are there, I think the first day that you walk into the house the very first time, I think it's really critical for you to walk that dog through the house on a leash. Some dogs tend to mark when they're in the house of other dogs, regardless of whether it was a prior habit or not. You don't want to have that going on in your home. You don't want to give the dog the ability to do that when you don't see it because they're going to come back and mark that same spot again. Give your dog a tour of the house. Let it understand this is where you have the space to go. We don't let two-year-olds roam freely through the house as soon as they can walk. We limit their space as well for the same reasons, their safety and our well-being. We want to make sure we can see that animal. It's new to the house. It doesn't know where things are. And from a rescue standpoint, unlike a brand-new puppy who we knew has just lived in a whelping pen with a bunch of other puppies, we don't know what the rules were where it came from prior to being at the shelter. So we know if the home, if the dog comes to you, it's had at least four homes already. That is the whelping pen, the first home, the shelter, and now you. And that's if it was only rescued through res- went through rescue one time. Right. So if now on its fourth idea of how life should be. We have to really coach it through that slowly and carefully and make sure it understands the rules of the house. This is the door we eliminate through. This is the door we enter through. This is where your sleeping place is. This is where your food is. Those are the basics right there.
0: While you're doing this tour with the dog on a leash, where are the other dogs? Are they with you or are they contained so that you can do this?
1: I think on day one I'd have those dogs out of the house so the new dog can come in and kind of get the the feel of the ground before it tries to integrate with the personalities, speed and energy of all the other dogs or other animals that are in there so i would give it a first best shot to say here's the place there's nothing else in here go check it out it could be a very timid dog and be extremely scared and the last thing you want to do is get cornered by the the house rowdies that are going to come in and you know uh, make it feel very intimidated or you don't want to be dealing with that meet and greet while you're trying to get the dog acclimated to the facility so that is something to consider as a separate step.
0: Yeah, but it's so exciting when you bring a new dog home. Don't you just want to leave him off the leash and hop up on the sofa oh, and feed him Oh, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And you'll have plenty of time to do that. But this is very <laughs> this is the very first careful steps, you know, that you step you, you walk first, then you run. So, you know, this might only take fifteen minutes, but it's a valuable fifteen minutes that you might find a lot of things that you had no idea about your dog. Uh, could be revealed in that 15 minutes. So it's worth taking the time to do that. Something else I consider strongly is that I would not leave any chew toys, play toys, children's toys, anything on the ground that could become a bone of contention, no pun intended, between (laughs) your dog and the dogs that live there existing. Um, Make sure that all those items are not there for them to argue about. And they may not argue, but explore that carefully, too, after the dog has understood the personality of the other dog the facility in which it's now living. Now we might through, have a toy on the ground, or we might go for a walk together. This is a slow process for these guys, because where they've come from may not have been a good space with other dogs. That is prior to the shelter. And while living in a shelter, as we know, there can be some serious setbacks in a dog's personality. We've all seen dogs come in on one personality, and over a period of time, it's degrading Uh, personality so we want to make sure that they have an opportunity to adjust and for us uh, in a training situation we've seen that it's usually a two or three month period for that dog to adjust into a home fully people think it's a day or two and we've got this figured out not even close we call it the honeymoon three four months into it or sometimes three or four weeks and the honeymoon's over And now we understand why that dog was maybe left in the shelter in the first place.
0: I have never, in the 20-plus foster dogs I have taken home, I have never once had that dog be the same dog two weeks later as it was the day I brought it home.
1: And you can can be sure that will never happen because the dog that you brought home has gotten at least the shelter life um, impending its natural tendencies, you know. So it needs at least time to unwind from the shelter life. And hopefully it only was in there for a day or two and not much impact on it. But it will never be the same dog day one to even day five. It, it always will change like that.
0: Okay. So after we've done the tour, um, do you recommend a crate? Do you recommend a gated area for that dog that it can have some alone time? Do, they, do you go right into interaction with other dogs after they've had that initial time to decompress?
1: Every one of the dogs that I've dealt with is a unique situation. And there's no blanket statement, yes, you have to use a crate. You should never use a crate. Some dogs cannot tolerate a crate because it's been mistreated. And it might take you three months for the dog to understand the value and to learn to like a crate again. So um, some dogs can go right to it. Other dogs can't. A gated area, I think, is a fabulous idea. There's some tremendously... Uh, high quality steel gates out there. Sometimes a wooden baby gate is all you need. I know in my house we lived <laughs> not with, a, with
0: my dachshund <laughs>
1: for, for 19 years. My first dog named Kelly lived behind a board we slid across the hallway, and the the board was never attached, and she never went through it. And that's where we put her when we left. She stayed in the kitchen, and it worked out wonderfully. You know, so every dog is unique in that respect, and it has to be analyzed for what's in front of you. We can't do a blanket statement on that.
0: Would you leave? Um, say it's nighttime and let's say you're in a situation where your dogs sleep in a gated area like at my house it's in it's the kitchen would you leave that new dog overnight alone with the dogs that you have i would
1: not i would first in the pre-planning i'm going to consider where's my new dog going to sleep where are the existing dogs sleeping on night number one I might consider having that dog sleep separately from the other dogs because it, the old story, leave a sleeping dog lie, that's for very good reason. Yeah, Dogs be, can become very protective when they sleep, and that's why many times I recommend people don't have dogs in their beds if there are behavior issues with that dog. So I would probably keep that separate for the first night. Just, to, I mean, the dog doesn't have any clue what's going on in terms of am I staying? Am I going? Is this where I should always sleep? So it it doesn't need that competition through the night to understand, I mean, to try to put on top of all the other things it's coping with. So on night number one, I'd probably consider having it separate from the other dogs. If if somebody from the shelter says the foster family has created this dog from the time they've had it, it's never been a problem. I would go straight to a crate because it's a successful way of keeping that dog contained in a space and in a place where we know how it is and what it's doing. So for anything new, I'd say confinement is your best tool within reason. And I would do a couple samples. Like I'd leave it with the other dogs when we get to that point, and I'd just go outside the house, come back in, take a look from the outdoors, and it looks like they're getting along fine. Maybe stay away 10 minutes, then an hour, then two or three hours. So test your grounds as you go. Don't, don't set yourself up for failure and expect it to be magically great when you leave.
0: I fostered for a rescue at one point that um, utilized – it was called the two-week shutdown method. Is that something you've ever heard of?
1: No. Please do tell.
0: So it was basically just pretty much what you're – well, it it was a little more intense. It was I would bring a dog home, and for two weeks, that dog needed to be completely separate – from the other animals in my house it would be crated at night it would be um gated you know something like that it would give it two weeks to get used to the smells the routine where it was going to eat where it was going to sleep the people in the house um sometimes I had dogs that two weeks was about how long it took for us to all get comfortable and other dogs have come into my house where I have felt like you know 48 hours they're you know they have kind of they've have figured it out Mm -hmm. so do you think that that's kind of true across the board that every dog truly i mean it could be two days till they're comfortable it could be two months
1: well i I don't think there should be a stamped time span put on that i think for some dogs it might be four months Mm -hmm. Um, i know a great article or a great book uh, i read a long time ago a lady had a jack russell come in and she fostered this jack for four months it lived under her kitchen table and would not come out Mm. So for that dog, that was four months of isolation it was requesting, and she never pushed it out of there. Right. And now it's a well-integrated dog and, and lives a happy life. But um, that dog required four months. Other dogs, they're social animals to begin with. They're, they're pack animals. They want to be with other things and other people. They just don't understand um, maybe some of the things that's happened in the past and redirect their intentions. Uh, but we need to consider what the dog is asking for. So if it wants to be with other dogs... Let them be there, but manage it very, very closely. Make okay. sure that we understand the body language that we spoke about on the last podcast. Make sure they understand um, space and they're sharing space and so on.
0: So, Steve, obviously, as much as we prepare for the perfect ending, sometimes um, we get into situations where a dog we've adopted does not is, is not working in our house. And maybe that's um, because it's not getting along with our other dog. At what time do we make – how far into it is it after a month if if my dogs still aren't getting along? Is it time for me to pick up the phone and call Awesome Dogs and say, help me figure out what's going on?
1: I would say we offer a program called Bark, Begin Animal Rescue Correctly, and that's really out there to help people understand there's a place to call if there's a problem. So when you see things not going the way you want to see them, whether it's on day one or day five – or two months into it, call someone before you return that dog to the shelter and just throw in the towel. That's what we call moving the dirt pile. We don't want to do that. What we try to look at is if a dog is beginning to get along and we can see some signs of improvement and that takes some real specific questions like what, did exactly, what exactly happened this day and then what happened the next day and so on, we, can, we get specific about it. We can see that there is improvement. And if that improvement is slow, well, then we just have to understand that over a period of time it's going to be okay. If we look at it and say, okay, well, in the beginning it was good, but now it's starting to get much shorter and they're really not tolerating each other as well, it's going the other direction. We either need to intervene and really understand the animal behavior, which takes counseling and intervention and studying. Um, and at that point we might say this is not going to get any better. And as although we did the research, maybe the best thing to do would be to rehome this dog if you don't have the time if the dog doesn't have the intentions and the other animals aren't willing to get along we're fighting an uphill battle here that we will never win put a lot of stress on both the people and the dogs and rehoming should be considered if we can't make any progress if we see progress of any nature it's worth spending the time effort and money to keep that dog in that one home because every time a dog is returned its chances of success become diminished greater and greater. So. Yeah.
0: All right, so you mentioned the Bark Program, which uh, we're going to talk about on our next podcast because Steve's coming back. Yay. Um, So, Steve, tell us quickly, again, how we can get more information about Awesome Dogs.
1: You can reach Awesome Dogs at awesomedogs.com or you can dial the store in the training center at 610-750-6868. We're located on the Pricetown Road one mile east of the Elizabeth Avenue intersection and we're open seven days a week. Please stop in.
0: Okay. And if you want to view any of our adoptable animals or learn anything more about the Animal Rescue League, please visit our website at www.berksarl.org. Steve, thanks for joining me and everybody else. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.